A few weeks ago, I asked my YouTube subscribers for their opinions on CM Punk, and as expected, answers tended to be either total support and adoration, or utter disdain for the man. However, what I didn't expect was the amount of people who answered somewhere in between, because there was a time, around a decade ago in WWE, when Punk had fans in a frenzy of support all over the world. In 2011, Punk cut his infamous pipe bomb promo live on Raw, where he sat on the floor of the stage and cut an incredible speech. Punk's genuine emotions served as inspiration for that promo. Fans all around the globe watched on in open-mouthed awe as Punk had the melons to chew out the entire McMahon family on their own television show. Fast forward to 2014. After years of pent-up frustration, Punk walked out of WWE. Then, WWE fired him via FedEx on his wedding day. As Punk disappeared into the shadows, the fans chanted his name for not only months, but for years after his departure. He became almost like a martyr figure to disgruntled viewers all around the world. Thousands of people in attendance at WWE shows wouldn't allow Vince McMahon to forget what he'd done to their hero. Punk's legend only grew as he appeared on Colt Cabana's podcast and uncovered the horrifying truth about his final months in the company. He sounded exhausted by the wrestling business and it seemed like there was little chance of Punk ever returning to the ring. For CM Punk, there was no way he was going to work for anything less than a grade A wrestling company and going back to WWE certainly was not going to happen. It seemed as though Punk's in-ring career was over for good. So, when Tony Khan launched All Elite Wrestling, it seemed like the perfect platform for Punk to return from the wilderness and to resume his career. And so, he did return to wrestling on an August 2021 episode of AEW Rampage, and it was one of wrestling's truly unforgettable and electric moments. For those 10 years between the pipe bomb in 2011 and his AEW debut in 2021, Punk amassed an enormous amount of goodwill. Even those wrestling fans that didn't like Punk had to admire the principles that he stood by. In recent months, however, things have changed. A triumphant return has quickly gone sour. As he's spoken out against many of his colleagues on social media, and even confronted them face to face. Unlike his falling out with WWE, many fans seem to agree that this recent spat with members of AEW's locker room is all on him. When looking back across Punk's career, there are many reports of him alienating his colleagues and even his close friends in the wrestling business. Upon Punk's return to wrestling in 2021, he would enter into a fiery feud with Eddie Kingston that appeared to have its roots in real-life animosity. It would transpire that those roots go all the way back to 2003. Eddie Kingston was tag-teaming with Jack Marciano as a tag-team known as the Wild Cards in 2003. They were working alongside CM Punk in IWA Mid-South and Punk 
fancied himself as something of a locker room leader backstage. Marciano had accidentally injured his opponent, causing Punk to explode at him and Kingston in a fit of rage after the show backstage. He questioned both men's work ethic, calling them untrustworthy and insulting their physiques. All these years later, an anonymous source confirmed this story to the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. They said, I was sitting right there in an IWA Mid-South locker room when Punk called Eddie and his partner at the time, Blackjack Marciano, fat, lazy and unsafe. Marciano had just accidentally injured Delirious in a previous match and Punk was hot about it, so just buried them non-stop. I could see why Eddie hung on to that hate and anger for so long. A couple of years later, Punk gave Kevin Owens a hard time too, for similar reasons. Punk was considered the locker room leader in Ring of Honor just as Owens was trying to break into the business. Just like today, Owens had only ever wrestled in t-shirts and loose-fitting clothes for comfort reasons. Punk was allegedly unhappy with that, believing it to be unprofessional. He also reportedly thought Owens was out of shape. And so, Owens was forced to go out and wrestle in a singlet, and he had a terrible match. Owens says that after the match, he asked Punk whether he was happy now. It was meant as a light-hearted comment, but Punk got in his face and chewed him out in front of the entire locker room. Taken individually, Punk's actions here could be construed as those of a passionate individual looking after the business and trying to improve his work colleagues. However, Punk turned out to be wrong on both occasions, considering the success that both Eddie Kingston and Kevin Owens would go on to achieve in the business. Punk was scouted for a potential spot in WWE in 2005 and after Punk signed a contract he was sent down to OVW, the feeder promotion for WWE, for some extra seasoning. This was standard practice for new signees at the time, regardless of their skill level, so they could learn the WWE style of wrestling and how to work for television cameras. Punk being Punk, he was offended at being assigned to the farm system. He thought that he was already good enough to just debut on the main roster. Naturally, this attitude immediately got people's backs up in WWE. Punk's only saving grace at the time was Paul Heyman, who was running the developmental territory. Heyman saw the potential in Punk despite his spikiness and pushed to get him promoted to the main roster as soon as possible. After Punk debuted for WWE in 2006, he smartly started to keep his opinions to himself for a while. He started off on the ECW brand and entered into various different feuds, including one with Elijah Burke in 2007. The feud seemed at the time to be pretty bog standard and unremarkable. However, in 2012, Punk was interviewed at the height of his WWE popularity and was asked who his least favourite opponent was in the company. Surprisingly, his sights turned to Elijah Burke. In the interview, he said, Good question. I always get who's your favourite opponent. This is great because I enjoy talking trash. My least favourite opponent. Does anyone even remember Elijah Burke? Oh, he was terrible. He's absolutely the worst. Absolutely the worst. Talk about a diva. Man, oh man. Sorry if you liked him. 
when Burke was asked about Punk's remarks towards him, Burke decided to take the higher ground. He explained that if he had something to say to Punk, he would have said it to his face, as he had done so previously, rather than behind Punk's back. According to Jim Ross, Punk was on the shortlist to be released on numerous occasions during his early career with WWE. On his podcast, JR said, Punk was never really treated overly fairly. He was not outgoing, he certainly wasn't an ass kisser, and if you're not a sycophant sometimes, and if that's the only thing that would make you stand out to ingratiate yourself to all the decision makers, you find yourself being dealt a tough hand. It was only due to Paul Heyman's backing that Punk would be spared from being cut by WWE during this early phase in his career. Hornswoggle has stated that he was best friends with Punk at one point during their career, but that changed almost overnight. In an interview, Hornswoggle said, I'm not in touch with Punk today because I offended him. I asked for a phone number of a mutual friend that we have from him, which is odd because it wasn't like he didn't like the person. He's still best friends with that person today. He saw it as me using him. We were best friends on the road together for years, but not anymore. In this account from Hornswoggle, Punk sounds incredibly thin-skinned. If he's correct, then all he did was ask for a mutual friend's phone number after he lost his phone, but for some reason Punk took offence to that. Of course, we're only getting one side of the story here, and there may be more to this than we know. Hornswoggle went on to say, I never called him out on it, it wasn't worth it, I just didn't care anymore to call him out on it. For a while we were very close though, I haven't talked to him in a long time, but it is what it is. By 2011, Punk reached the heights of his popularity amongst the fans in WWE. Many fans were sick and tired of WWE's creative direction in 2011, and the words that Punk spoke during his pipe bomb promo resonated with them. He really did become the voice of the voiceless. The promo blurred the lines between fiction and reality, as Punk went on the attack. He was annoyed about his place in the WWE and the frustration that he felt towards the McMahon family and their way of running their wrestling business. Here are some key quotes from the promo. I'd like to think that maybe this company will be better after Vince McMahon's dead, but the fact is it's going to get taken over by his idiotic daughter and his doofus son-in-law. The fact that Dwayne is in the main event at WrestleMania next year and I'm not makes me sick. I've been the best ever since day one when I walked into this company and I've been vilified and hated since that day because Paul Heyman saw something in me that nobody wanted to admit. You know who else was a Paul Heyman guy? Brock Lesnar and he split just like I'm gonna split. Eventually Punk's microphone was cut off. No doubt the promo was planned beforehand and authorised by Vince McMahon but the words that Punk spoke were his truth. He blurred the line between fiction and reality in an incredibly intricate way. Punk was indeed strongly considering quitting WWE around this time when he was at the height of his popularity. Smartly, Vince McMahon recognised Punk's frustration at a time when he could have quit the company and placated him by allowing him to go out and talk. Knowing what we know about Punk today and the enjoyment he seems to get from airing his views in public, this would have appealed to him massively. In the end, Punk decided to stay with WWE for another few years. The details of this promo give us this insight into why he was carrying so much bitterness. He mentioned Triple H for example. Punk's disdain for Triple H was real and to some degree it seems to have been mutual. 
The origins of Punk and Triple H's disliking for each other stretches back to before Punk even debuted in the company. Nearly a decade before, in Ring of Honor, comparisons had been made between Punk and Triple H at the time, which led to Punk lashing out during a shoot interview where he used the term belt mark to describe Triple H, who at the time was hogging the World Heavyweight Championship belt during his reign of terror. Punk's finishing move in Ring of Honor was also a top rope pedigree called the Pepsi Plunge. All of this allegedly upset Triple H before the men had even met each other. When Punk had a dark match before an episode of Raw in WWE in 2005, Triple H and Shawn Michaels were reportedly unhappy with Punk's performance and buried him to management afterwards. CM Punk went against everything that Triple H believed a WWE superstar should have been at the time. In Triple H's eyes, Punk was too small, he wrestled a less impactful style, and he had the wrong look. This was before WWE was really hiring indie wrestlers. They were still producing their own homegrown talents like Randy Orton and Batista, for example. Every time Punk and Triple H met each other on screen, there was friction. Punk went on to win the WWE Championship in November 2012 at the Survivor Series, which began a title reign that lasted over a year. Under usual circumstances, Punk would have had a main event at WrestleMania during that period, but he would end up being passed over in favour of a match between The Rock and John Cena. At WrestleMania 28, CM Punk wrestled Chris Jericho for the WWE title in the second from last match on the card. The Rock and John Cena went on in the main event instead. In July 2012, WWE decided to turn CM Punk heel and he worked a disastrous program against Ryback, who would end up on the receiving end of Punk's scorn in the months and years afterwards for being a dangerous worker. Punk was already suffering from injured knees at the time and his ailments were starting to pile up. A Hell in a Cell match against Ryback did not help matters at all. In December 2012, Punk took time out to receive surgery for a partially torn meniscus. This was just one of his many nagging injuries and he wanted to take time off so he could rehab. McMahon on the other hand had other ideas and he wouldn't let him take the time off to heal up, instead deciding to keep the WWE title around his waist and to rush him back onto TV before he was fully ready to return. Punk was annoyed at this demand, having had less than a month off to heal from the surgery, but he still had the ambition of headlining WrestleMania, and that was his main goal going forward. That ambition totally evaporated soon after. It became clear why Punk was rushed back onto the roster, and why he was turned heel all those months before. The reason was, he was going to have to lose the title to The Rock, at the Royal Rumble in 2013. McMahon had decided to go with a rematch between John Cena and The Rock at WrestleMania 29 in the main event, and this time it would be for the championship. Punk did not factor into those plans. Punk said, I was still actively trying to convince McMahon that dropping the title to Rock was not the right thing to do, or that even if I did that, you know, a three-way with me, John and Rock was the way to go for WrestleMania, or let me keep the title, I wrestle Taker. I think we counted it out and it would have been day 500 of the title run. There was like a bunch of different cool scenarios. McMahon didn't listen to Punk's suggestions and so The Rock ended up 
beating Punk for his title and ending the longest WWE Championship reign of the last 25 years. Punk's frustrations were nearing boiling point. At WrestleMania 29, Punk became the latest victim of The Undertaker's streak. Punk hated this outcome. His annoyance came from being on the losing end to part-timers in The Rock and The Undertaker in the space of four months, but he'd just been working his ass off as the champion, working a full schedule and working injured for the last year. 2013 would be the year that sent Punk over the edge. He was granted time off after WrestleMania to heal from his nagging injuries, but was once again rushed back into the ring early. By McMahon. In September, he was made to work against Ryback again, and this time Ryback seriously hurt Punk when he was supposed to throw him through a table but missed. In a later interview, Punk revealed that he went right up to Ryback and chewed him out in the locker room for the mistake after the match. In December, Punk was wrestling with broken ribs and had concussion symptoms. He would later recount a story about being on all fours, vomiting after a match and then accidentally soiling himself during a match on Smackdown. He claimed that WWE's doctors refused to give him anything other than antibiotics to treat an ongoing staph infection. At the Royal Rumble in January 2014, Punk finally snapped. He went into the Royal Rumble match with the intention of proving to WWE that he should be in the main event of WrestleMania 30. Punk was the first entry into the 30-man contest and he suffered a concussion during a blown spot. Punk claims that he told the ringside doctor about the injury who simply said, what do you want me to do? That would be the end of CM Punk on WWE TV when he didn't appear on the subsequent episode of Raw or any of the following programs, could only speculate about what was going on behind the scenes. In reality, Punk barged into Vince McMahon's office. Triple H was there too. Punk recounted the entire diatribe that he levelled against McMahon and Triple H backstage in his podcast interview with Colt Cabana and it is well worth listening to. As seems to be the case so often with Punk, he'd bottled up all of his feelings until they could be contained no more and then he unleashed them. His anger at the way he'd been booked by McMahon and the way he'd been treated by Triple H all came flooding out. I said a lot of shit in there. I told them again and Hunter, he was gritting his teeth and I knew he never liked me. It's one of those situations where you always hear those stories in the dirt sheets about Hunter says this about Punk and all this negative stuff, but me and him in a room together, never any good vibes, always negative. The way he would always look sideways at me, the way he always treated me. Punk went on to say that WWE officially fired him from his contract on his wedding day via a FedEx that he received in the mail. All of those details and so much more came out in November 2014 on Colt Cabana's podcast. Punk held nothing back in the interview. After listening to the podcast, it was very difficult not to take his side against WWE. Ironically, that very same interview with his then best friend Colt Cabana would be the catalyst for one of his biggest friendship breakups. WWE were very well aware of the interview and various parties took issues with the comments Punk made, specifically with reference to allegations Punk made against WWE's doctor Chris Amann and they decided to sue Punk and Cabana. In the podcast interview, Punk alleged that a man was responsible for him contracting a staph infection and also blamed a man for providing medical treatment 
that made a lump on his back get even worse. In the end, Punk and Cabana won the lawsuit, but it would end up breaking their friendship apart. Cabana claimed that Punk offered to pay his legal fees during the lawsuit, and that they had a verbal contract, but Cabana also said that Punk later reneged on that, leaving him in a massive amount of debt. So, fast forward to 2021, when Punk later signed with AEW, Colt Cabana was already on the roster. All Elite Wrestling boss Tony Khan had recently purchased Ring of Honor, and Cabana was soon moved to that roster after Punk had debuted in AEW. Cabana was friends with Hangman Adam Page and Matt and Nick Jackson, aka the Young Bucks. When Punk got into a feud with Hangman Page over the AEW Championship, Page ran his mouth off at Punk in what seemed like an unscripted tirade. Reading between the lines, the suggestion seemed to be from Page that Punk had made Tony Khan move Colt Cabana to the Ring of Honor roster from the AEW roster so they didn't have to be around each other. This was one of the many things that Punk exploded over during the AEW All Out press conference in September 2022. He called Adam Page a disgrace to the company and accused him of being unprofessional for going off script during their earlier promo and bringing the Colt Cabana issue up when it was none of his business. That led Punk to chewing out the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. He claimed that they were the ones who had leaked the information about his legal battle with Cabana in the first place. The press conference was shocking, not only to fans but to Tony Khan who was sitting next to Punk at the time looking incredulous. Backstage, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega and AEW's legal advisor went to Punk's locker room and confronted him. It's unclear as to what exactly went down between the men, but it apparently did get physical during the showdown. Chris Jericho allegedly told Punk that he was a cancer to the locker room and a detriment to the company after the fight. Tony Khan placed the blame for the situation firmly at Punk's feet. Once again, nobody knows whether Punk will be seen ever again in a wrestling ring. However, Tony Khan might end up changing his standpoint regarding CM Punk, considering AEW's ratings have been softer than normal recently, and many fans have concluded that the product just isn't as compelling these days as it once was. Khan recently announced that Wembley Stadium in London would play host to the All-In event later in the year, which means he will have to shift almost 100,000 tickets if he wants to sell the venue out. It may be a case that AEW needs CM Punk more than CM Punk needs them. Perhaps now enough water has gone under the bridge with WWE and Punk could finally get his WrestleMania main event in 2024 if he just opened up to talking to Triple H. Who knows what's going to happen with CM Punk. What we do know though is that for better or worse, the wrestling world is always more interesting with CM Punk in it rather than outside of it.